Hi there, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa, and for today's music segment, we are honoring National Metal Day, which, for those of you who don't know, was November 11th. Now, metal, or heavy metal, is a genre that, as a music therapist, may instantly give you pause when it comes to playing it live in a session, and if you broke out in cold sweats thinking about getting a metal request from a client, you're probably not alone. But I'm here today to hopefully clear away some of the mystery surrounding metal to make it accessible to you and hopefully give you some tools on where to start with this genre and how to use it to connect with your clients. With that, let's get to it. Metal, as it has become formally known, began in the late 1960s and rose to prominence in the 1970s. It was born out of the U.S. and U.K. rock and jazz scenes. Some music historians use Black Sabbath's self-titled debut album as the landmark for metal music origination. The etymology of the term heavy metal has been somewhat lost to time and to folklore. Some credit it to novel authors, some to the song Born to be Wild, but a variation of the phrase heavy metal was first used to describe a musical styling in a 1970s Rolling Stone article by Mike Saunders in reference to Humble Pie's album As Safe As Yesterday Is. Once it was out there in print, it caught on in colloquial language and became synonymous with the genre we know today, heavy metal. To quote an article written by Chris Gillett, this genre is hallmarked by several key components, heavily distorted guitar riffs and chords, powerful drumming, extra low range bass notes, and aggressive or throaty vocals. There is also occasionally an element of speed at play, whether it's the song's tempo or a fast shredding guitar solo showing off technical dexterity. As guitarists experimented with distortion and drummers played louder to keep up, the style essentially created itself. Bands like Motorhead and Iron Maiden fused blues rock origins with punk music. However, the music industry of the 70s largely rejected this sound and metal was kind of shunned by mainstream music. However, it wasn't long and flashy glam and hair metal bands like Poison and Motley Crue led a movement. Going into the 80s, the stage was set for thrash metal bands like Megadeth and Metallica to rise to the top. The grunge sound of the 90s bled into metal moving into the turn of the century, and bands like Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson became signature sounds. After this era, we get new metal, with the likes of Korn, Linkin Park, and Slipknot going into the 2000s. Both mainstream and underground metal sounds have many offshoots, and defining this genre is actually really difficult because it is quite broad. I've seen as many as 15 nuanced subgenres listed, and there are probably way more than that. Not only is it broad, but metal music is known partly for its highly technical nature. Musically speaking, much of metal music is incredibly difficult to play and even more difficult to recreate outside of the perfect setup. This is a genre that is really intimidating for a lot of people, musicians and music therapists alike. 
The sound, the look, the speed, it's supposed to be intimidating. Many of us will go to great lengths to avoid having to play it in a music therapy session. However, if this is our client's preferred genre, then we have to figure out what to do. I hope this episode will give you some resources to better understand the genre, some practical things to keep in mind for practicing metal, and I find that better understanding the genre actually helps me appreciate it. I did not have any appreciation for metal music until I was in my clinical internship finishing up undergrad. One of my supervisors was a metalhead, and he taught us a lot about it, and I gained a whole new appreciation for the actual music of the metal genre. If you set aside your preferences and just listen to a lot of the technical aspects of the guitar riffs or drum solos, maybe you can objectively say, wow, these artists are talented at their craft. It doesn't have to be your thing, but if it's your client's thing, this gives you at least some common ground as a starting point for conversation and connection. Additionally, because of the long and broad history of metal, there's bound to be at least one song or subgenre or maybe a band even that perhaps you actually enjoy. For myself, I have found that early metal, particularly uh, the 80s, is an era of metal that I enjoy the best. Part of why I think that this genre is so polarizing and intimidating is that there is admittedly a dark side to metal culture, and a lot of musicians got their reputation or their start through um, shock value, like Marilyn Manson, for instance, who capitalized on controversial or violent lyrics and themes, dress, and culture. If your clients are listening to music with heavy or dark thematic aspects, then that right there is a talking point. Looking through our clinical lenses, we can use the music as a point of entry to connect with their most raw emotions. I've actually been told by people who love metal that they love it or relate to it because it's so raw. The lyrics, the vocal stylings, the music is just in your face. It is what it is. Honest, unfiltered, raw. And I think that there is an integrity in that in a way. Metal, while technically complex, is not a super polished sound, Um, and we could have a whole episode on the philosophy of music like this, and I think we could all appreciate a lot about what it means to be authentic and honest on a theoretical level. So now we know a little bit more about what metal is and how it came to be and what it means in the music world, let's start talking about how we play it. So we've talked about how distorted guitars are a hallmark. They are. But within metal, there's also a place for acoustic guitars. There's a place for piano. There's even a place for accordions in metal. So if you have access to limited musical instruments, explore songs that feature more acoustic instruments and start there. Metallica is a great example of that. If you have access to a guitar amp, then you're ahead of the game and on track to take it to the next level of authenticity. But if you plan to use an amp, explore those heavily distorted sounds to get that metal grit, but also keep um, a clear sound. You don't want it to be too muddy either. So let's break down some of the basic musical components of the metal genre at large. And like I said, these are I'm going to paint some broad brush strokes here because there are so many nuances. Uh, let's start with rhythm. Metal uses a lot of deliberate rhythmic stresses. Brief rhythmic figures that are usually two to three notes and usually eighth or sixteenth notes. So, not a lot of long notes. 
Um, there's also a lot of staccato, especially in guitar riffs. Um, so a couple examples of some really iconic riffs, if you haven't heard these, which you probably have, then check out Black Sabbath's Iron Man, Deep Purple, Smoke on the Water, and Ozzy Osbourne, Crazy Train. Those are some really iconic riffs that you could easily learn if you have a client that prefers metal in any of those eras. Harmony is another fundamental component to metal music, and this comes often in the form of power chords. The root and the fifth, and not a whole lot in between. Um, The theory behind power chords, if you're interested, can be quite technical. They often utilize the modal scale, tritone, and chromatic progressions. A lot of traditional metal also plays off of Aeolian and Phrygian modes. So if you are a music theory nerd and you really want to get into that, you could totally analyze um, some of these songs and really find a rich um, music theory component. A band that I might recommend for that type of analysis would be Tool. A lot of their music is incredibly complex. So a lot of what makes metal guitar chords quote-unquote metal is cutting out the third of chords and simplifying them to really just two to four strings. So that's where the power chords come in. Because of all the guitar distortion, the simpler or more hollow the chords, really the better the sound quality that you're going to get. Another fun component to explore that metal music uses a lot is drop tunings, particularly drop D. That's a really popular tuning in metal. Drop D with some power chords can actually be a really fun guitar technique to explore, so I would encourage you to look into that. And it automatically is going to be more authentic to metal than um, like big open chords or like, you know, your typical um, kind of campy acoustic guitar sound. Another important component, and this takes a lot of technical practice, is um, picking. So a lot of metal guitarists use thicker picks, like one and a quarter millimeter, kind of in that area. Um, Try choking up on the pick as you hold it. So holding it really close to um, the tip of the pick, so closer to the string. A lot of uh, guitarists use directional picking or sweep picking. Those are two techniques that I would encourage you to do some research on how to practice that, um, because it can be really tricky at first. Up and down arpeggios, um, tapping on the strings, hammer-ons and pull-offs, a lot of harmonics, even throwing in some um, little twinkly harmonics here and there, and then kind of chugging on the strings with palm mutes. So that goes hand-in-hand with choking up on the pick as you hold it as well, and really keeping um, kind of a wide hand on the strings as you chug, 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 chug with your pick, you're going to get that really um, kind of driving um, thick guitar sound when you're strumming that way. But the most important thing to consider, um, and this is true of any genre, is your comfortability improves with practice. I've linked several guitar resources, um, and there are a lot of great finger strumming, picking exercises, scales, power chord tabs, A lot of good stuff to help you know where to start with your practice. So I would encourage you if you're like, what the heck is directional picking? Great question. 
go check out the resources that I've linked and it's going to explain it to you in there as well as there are links to YouTube tutorials and guitar lessons online that you can check out. YouTube is a great resource for that and I would encourage you to pick it out because there are metal artists out there that want to teach people how to play, especially at a beginner level. So I would encourage you to do some research and I think you'll find that it's way more possible than you might think. Now, I've talked a lot about guitar because that is primarily an instrument that a lot of uh, music therapists use and that, again, is one of the hallmark instruments of metal, especially electric guitar. Um, But I've also included a great resource for where to start when learning to sing metal. Now, metal vocal techniques are super recognizable and there are several screaming and growling techniques that are really common in metal. Um, and yes, I did use the word technique because there is proper technique for how to do them without ruining your voice, even though sometimes it sounds like there's no way that that's possible. If this is something that you're interested in learning, I would encourage you first to seek out some instruction by a metal vocal professional who knows how to teach this, because if you just start practicing screaming without solid foundational knowledge, there is a potential to hurt yourself which this is true with all singing. So I'm not going to dive too deep into vocal metal techniques, but some of the fundamental components to screaming have really nothing to do with creating sound from your throat, which you should never do in singing, by the way, (laughs) and everything to do with intense diaphragmatic breath support. Learning to support all of your breath movement from your diaphragm And keeping a relaxed throat and chest is the number one skill to master for proper screaming technique. For growling, there is also a lot of very fine motor control, particularly of the larynx, that is necessary to get those false chord sounding growls. This is used a lot in death metal, if you're unfamiliar with what that sounds like. But just like in learning to sing opera, for instance, you have to learn to manipulate your instrument, which is your body, to produce these intense variations of sounds without causing damage. So in this episode, we have covered a lot of the basics of metal history and the musical components that make this genre so distinct, and I hope that I've given you a starting point to how to learn and practice your metal skills, as well as perhaps an introduction to appreciating this genre as a whole. Even if you never find yourself in a position to need to play metal, as music therapists and as musicians, it's important for us to have a broad understanding of all kinds of music and have tools to use our understanding to connect with others. Learning about metal takes away a lot of the intimidating factor and understanding a lot of the theory behind the music somehow, to me, makes it seem less intimidating. Is it an easy genre? Not at all. But it is possible to create core concepts of the music authentically for our clients. And now you have a place to start. If you want to learn more about what authenticity in music looks like, check out our three-part Authenticity in Music series in episodes 2, 8, and 13, where I dig into what authentic music means in our clinical practice and why it matters. From a clinical perspective, I would encourage you to remember why we're using client-preferred music. Whatever the genre, 
it speaks to our clients. They communicate through the music they listen to, and it gives you an opportunity to connect with them, relate to them, and build rapport and foster that therapeutic connection that is vital to successful therapy. Using the music your clients love helps with that buy-in factor and gives them a level of security and validation that you see them and are responding to where they are. For all of the resources and show notes from this episode, visit www.musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook to make sure that you're up to date with all of the resources that we're giving to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Rock on. Mm -hmm.